This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is John Panachone. He's uh, the CEO of a company called Logic Bay and works with leading companies to develop and implement strategies for scaling indirect sales channels using a combination of services and technology that Logic Bay offers. He's also the co-founder of vet to ceo a nonprofit focused on helping veterans transition into being entrepreneurs. John, are you ready to take us to the top? I sure am. What branch did you serve in? The Army. Very good. Thank you for your service. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. All right. Tell us about the company. What do you do and how do you make money? All right. We're a partner relationship management software company, which is kind of a derivative of CRM. So we have a cloud-based software that helps manufacturers work with their dealers, resellers, and bars around the world. I've been doing it for about 15 years now. And uh, we make money through subscription revenue. About 90% of our revenue is recurring subscription revenue. And uh, that continues to grow. That's great. And give me a general sense of size. So what's the average customer paying you per month, would you say? Well, we range in size from free with a revenue shared over <laughs> six digits a month, depending on the size of the client and yep. uh, how, how, how much of a reach globally we have with them. Just to avoid going down every w- cohort you serve, because I'm sure there's many of them. If I forced you into an average, would you say like a grand on average, 10 grand, 100 grand? Uh, a month? Yeah. Between one and 5,000 a okay. month. Fair enough. Between one and 5,000 a month. And you said you launched 15 years ago. So this would have been back, what, in 2002? 2003, actually. 2003. And I mean, where was your mind at that point? Why jump in and start your own company? (laughs) Well, uh, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I just had a series of circumstances kind of collapse into my lap. Um, The company I was with, uh, I was the VP of sales and marketing, and I was brought on to that company to run sales and marketing, but also position the company for a sale. Mm-hmm. We accomplished that, and uh, we sold the company to an Indian company offshore. And one of the contracts I had sold was a $3 million U.S. government contract tied to Homeland Security funds. So that contract clearly was not going to be assigned to, to the acquiring company. So long story short, I got permission to handpick a few people that were working on that contract and move them into a new company and launch the company with that contract. Oh, wow. What a great story. So so are you bootstrapped to date all from that initial $3 million or have you raised? Yeah, we've raised about $2.5 million in equity and we've done about $3 million in debt deals over the years to finance the business, uh, which I'm proud to say because that's not a lot of equity for a 15-year-old company doing uh, the kind of revenue we've done over 15 years. Yeah, what kind of revenue are you doing generally? Uh, generally we're, you know, we don't like to disclose that publicly, yeah. but you know, we're between, uh, 10 and 15 million. Okay. That's pretty healthy. And, and what rate are you growing at year over year? Would you say? Uh, we're at about a 10 to 15% growth rate right now. Uh, we have a very mature, large fortune 500 customer base, our larger customers. So uh-huh. we're, 
we tend to do a lot of uh, renewal and, and more and more scope of work within our client base versus new account growth. Got it. So you year over year are focused on gaining more wallet share from the same base versus expanding the base. Yeah, we've got like a 99% renewal rate and we have some long-term contracts as well. So yeah, we're all about growing uh, the accounts once we get in. What's net revenue retention typically look like year over year or said differently, net revenue expansion? Uh, It's north of 90%. So, you know, we've got good recurring revenue, good recurring uh, renewals. And then that that provides the base upon which we put uh, incremental revenue on it, about a 10% uh, growth rate you know, historically over the last few years. Just to make sure I understand that. So someone that might start paying you a hundred grand per year, you pretty confidently grow that to 110 grand in year two? Yeah. Yeah. Proportionally, that's about right. You know, the smaller deals grow faster on a percentage basis, Sure. you know, but the uh, larger ones about what you said. Okay. Interesting. And what are you at today? I mean, how many customers are you serving? Now we've got north of 60 customers right now. Okay. Uh, bulk of our revenue, 80, 20 rule applies, you know, 80% of our revenue comes from a subset of that. But, uh, you know, we're proud of that. And we're very profitable, too, which wasn't easy to get to. Uh, but, um, you know, we focus on maintaining strength through profitability and be financially strong vis-a-vis our competition. And that goes a long way with our customer base. I'm missing something here. So correct which number I messed up. If you have 60 customers and you give me an ARPU between a grand and five grand per month, I'm going to give you the best there, five grand. If I multiply that times 60, that's 300 grand per month or about 3.6 annually. You're doing, you said, two or three times that. Which which my numbers are wrong? Well, we have a couple of very large customers that are six digits a month in uh, fees. So it pulls the average way up. Yeah. Yeah. It's very heavily skewed. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. What has made profitability uh, difficult for you? Obviously you're there, but what made it difficult? Well, uh, it actually goes back to your last question. You know, we built like a lot of startups, we built our product off the revenue from early customers. So, uh, we had very large early customers like John Deere, for example, and they needed what we have years ago. So we built our, uh, what today is now our our, our out-of-the-box product really uh, f- from a custom basis with many of our early large customers that needed our application where none existed at the time. So those years were very unprofitable. It was very hard to make money. It was a lot of services and custom development of the product. So we had to fund our early losses through the font funding that I summarized for you. But as the product matured, it became a matter of configuration versus customization. And as we do more and more configuration of a rather mature product now, um, profitability is a lot higher and we can sustain our historical customers on a much more profitable basis and spin up new customers much more profitably. How profitably are you running today? Are you like to take 10% of the bottom line, 20%? What, what do you kind of target? Yeah, we're at about 10% EBITDA right now and about a 65% gross margin. So that's pretty, oh wait, that's a low gross margin for a software company. What's cutting into your, what, you must have a hidden cost of goods sold. What, what's the hidden cost? Well, I don't know specifically, uh, we've been running the books the same way for 15 years. You know, some software companies divide up their engineering dollars differently as I've compared our financials to others. So we basically split it. We try to be really disciplined about what we put in COGS. We put a lot of our engineering dollars, which is a sizable amount of our cost structure, uh, below the line. So what do you put above the line, though, to, to pull down to the 65%? We put our hosting expenses up there, our labor expenses associated with the services and the support that goes oh, up there. Oh, you put there. your labor expenses up there too. Yeah, the, the part that is associated with uh, with the customer delivery. 
we have a pretty robust partner program ourselves. We practice what we preach. So our sales and marketing organization is below the line. I mean, uh, you know, as part of our GNA and sales and marketing expenses, not not factored into our gross margin. So that's why our gross margin is what it is. Got it. What's your team size look like today? Now we've got about 60 full-timers, full-time equivalents around the world. We've got a couple of partners in India. We've got folks up in Canada and we've got people uh, across the U.S. So a remote team? Uh, basically, when I founded the company, we've been remote since day one. Uh, we've funny. got an office here in Wilmington, North Carolina, which I've got about eight people in. But this is where the critical mass is. But we've got folks all over the world. Interesting. Talk to me about churn. What's your churn look like annually and how do you mitigate it? Churn with our customer base? Yeah. I thought you were talking about my employees. Uh, uh, either one. <laughs> Churn's pretty low. Like I said, our retention rate is very, very high. So, you know, our challenge is new account growth because we're so busy keeping up with our existing customers. And uh, so our churn's really low. Like uh, how that's low? That's good news, bad news. Uh, it's uh, about 5%. Annually, you know, and that's on a logo? About nine, logo yeah. basis or revenue basis? Yeah. A logo basis. Logo basis. I mean, that's, that's super. Yeah. So 95% retention is great on a logo basis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. In terms of growth, uh, the economics around that, what do you like to, you know, I mean, what are you paying right now to acquire new customers and how quickly do you like to make that money back? You know, I don't have exact numbers for you. I've always managed the business as a portfolio. Our older customers, we've got most of our gross profit from our newer customers are loss leaders, right? So that's pretty much any cloud-based software company model. If you ask me, it's tough to make the same amount of money on every single customer. Well, how so we quickly to, those people that you sell though, and they're still in year one of their life cycle, how, how long does it take them to turn from loss leaders to contributors? Depends on the scope of the, uh, the implementation, but generally speaking, less than a year, usually okay. it's three to six months. Um, you know, we can recover. That's a healthy payback period. Was. Yeah. Again, it's a lot of configuration these days because of our product and, uh, how uh, you know robust it is uh, without having to put a lot of services into each implementation. We could spin up a new customer in less than a day, te technically now. Mm -hmm. um, which, if you think about it, we have an enterprise-wide, globally scalable, nine different language um, solution. It's not not e it's not hard now to spin up a new customer. So that's really where we get our cost savings. Yeah, and, and at, at that six months, if folks are folks are paying on average five grand a month, that's what about thirty grand in CAC, and you get it paid back in six months. Obviously, we're taking serious averages here, and every customer is different. But generally speaking, those are accurate. Yeah, you're good at math. Yeah, you're very good at math, dude. Yeah. I'm just I'm just rolling with your numbers, man. You're, <laughs> I'm just a machine, and you're feeding me. That's how it works. All right, good stuff. Um, have you have you dove into any paid acquisition stuff yet? Like like hard paid Google ads, Facebook ads, conferences, things like that, or no? Oh yeah, that's my favorite subject. We've experimented with all the above there. Tell yeah. any of them work or no? Yeah, I'm a big fan of inbound strategies. Uh, first of <laughs> That's all, a coded I've way got, of saying no. We lost a lot of money. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've been in sales and marketing for a long time, and uh, you know, I get uh, great stories about our transition to inbound. But um, yeah, we, we're very heavy users of HubSpot. Um, we're we're power users, so we get a lot of good lead flow from our inbound activities. But we also know that there's a balance there. Um, you know, we're employing an ABM strategy this year. And uh, getting a little bit more, hitting the gas a little bit more on the outbound strategies. But we found that it has to be a healthy mix there. Last question before we wrap up with the famous five. What kind of capital do you like more, equity or debt-driven capital? Debt. Really? Interesting. On both. That's I'm great. On both. That's great. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up here with the famous five. John, number one, what's your favorite business book? 
Uh, one that not many people know about, but I changed my life in, uh, in terms of how I think about businesses called Start With No by Jim Camp. You've ever heard of that one? No, but I'll have to check it out. Start With No. All right. Number two, John, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Yeah, I really uh, have studied for a while Jeff Bezos from Amazon and what he's done in a very innovative way. Number three, besides John, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Uh, Pulse app. I don't know if you ever heard of that one. Uh, it's a cash flow tool. I live by it. Number kept f- me out of uh, going out of business several times. And number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I six to eight. Yeah, it's pretty good in a situation. Yeah. Married, single, do you have kids? I'm uh, married with two kids. Two kiddos. Two okay. Daughters. And how old are you, John? I'm 52. Okay, last question. Take us back 32 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, I wish I knew about negotiation skills. You go into a bookstore and you got the negotiation books over on your left and you got the sales books on your right for some reason to this day. And there's a lot of overlap. And I wish I knew more about negotiation than sales back then. There you guys have it from John. Something convenient happened back in 2003. His company, he, he was brought on to sell the company. They sold it. Problem was... One of the big contracts, $3 million contract, couldn't go with the deal. So he said, you know what? I'm going to get permission here, spin up my own business. That's how we funded the initial concept behind Logic Bay, the initial coding. Today, there are over 60 people. He's funded the company with a combination of both debt equity and 2.5, or sorry, debt capital and 2.5 million in equity uh, raise or fundraising. They're currently doing about, you know, north of 10 million bucks in AR, less than 5% annual logo churn. Cactel to be super healthy, serving about 60 customers uh, that pay somewhere on the order of call it five up to 14 grand in some cases per month, usually on annual contracts. John, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Hey, thanks a lot for having me.